Welcome to the Jimbo Podcast, where you can find all your favorite Jimbo Show content in one place. Interviews, prank calls, bits, and a whole lot more. And now, here's your host, Jimbo. It's the Jimbo Podcast. I'm very excited about this episode. Thanks for joining us. We have Rob Mungle, who's a uh, Houston comedian, of course, in an anime. What would I say, legend? Rob, does that? Uh... Uh, well, I've done I've done a few things How about that. Okay, I've yeah, done you've done work. You've done some amazing work, and, and you know, just looking at your IMDb, and you have your own Wikipedia page. Um, mm. Just uh, amazing filmography of everything you've done. Well, I'm fairly before we start, I'm fairly certain half the stuff on the Wikipedia page is, is a lie, but <laughs> <laughs> not looking at it. So you know for sure, yeah, because anybody yeah. can get on there and put uh, whatever they right. want to on those pages. <laughs> but uh, kind of take me back because I, I think we're we're around the same age. We both have a mutual friend mm. in Jason Lee or Jason C Lee or Jackson Lee or Jason Lee number right. five on IMDb, whatever name he's going by. Uh, sure, but uh, tell me. Tell me how you kind of got into comedy because I'm seeing on your IMDb that you started really early. I started doing comedy in around 92, 93, about the same time Jason started. Uh-huh. I think, and I think if, when you hear him tell the story, he'll, he'll tell you that uh, I started at an open mic a week before he did. So we were <laughs> just almost exactly around the same time. What was the club? Uh, here uh, we, st- we did it at, uh, at the Lap Stop, the Lap Stop at Houston. Yeah, that was a good was one. was located on West Gray. And it was a legendary club. It closed about 10 years ago, but it was a legendary club that had been around for probably 30 or 40 years. Yeah, I and, saw uh, Shirley Hemphill and Richard Lewis there. I saw uh, Bitch Hedberg there. Man, I saw uh, Joe Rogan, all the big guys, you know. It, it was the number one club in town for many years, and then sadly it closed. But J- Jason and I started at that, at that open mic, and I had been doing it about three years. And this is what I tell people when they ask me. Uh, how do you get into voice acting? <laughs> and I'll be the first to tell them that I have the foggiest idea <laughs> how to get into voice acting because this is what happened to me. I was doing a show and uh, at the last stop and a girl that I went to high school with didn't know I was on the show, but she was in the audience and she was there with her then fiance. Now, uh, I think, yeah, husband, I think they're still married. I believe they are. Uh, but anyway, after the show, she said, hey, I went to high school with you. I was like, oh, yes, I remember. And she goes, this is my fiance, boyfriend, whatever. And he says that he is starting a company that is going to produce uh, English translations of Japanese anime and that they need voiceover actors. And he goes, hey, I saw your act. I think you'd be great. And I said, what's anime? <laughs> he said, uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, think kind of like uh, Speed Racer. And I went, okay, cool. I get that. Uh, I went and auditioned and started with him, and I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, and people then, ask how do you get it? How do you get into voice acting? I say, well, you have to go to high school with some <laughs> woman who marries a guy who starts a company. And that's how you get in. That's the best way. To, <laughs> the best way to do it. And it's funny I, on the Jason podcast, we were talking about Speed Racer, and that was kind of my introduction to Japanese animation. And I, I was always trying to figure out as a kid why they talk so fast, but they, I guess they were trying to fit the movement of the mouth right into, yeah. into the, the, the time period they had and the translation sometimes was a lot of words. Um, but yeah. take, take me back even further, Rob, how did you kind of know that you were funny and wanted to be on stage? Did you always want to be a, a comedian? According to your yeah, IMDb, right. it's, it says that you started voiceover work in this, in the seventies in the early seventies yeah. as a kid. <laughs> is, is that right. true? No, no. See, that's part of the lies, but <laughs> 
I don't know. I had started doing uh, radio in college uh, out of high school. I was at San Houston State, and I did radio there, and I was doing weird voices on the air, and I went to work for the local Top 40 station in Huntsville, and I would do different commercials with different weird voices, and they were just bad impressions. And so that's kind of how I got started doing voices. And then when I met up with the, the girl with the high school and her husband and everything, he, he asked me about it. And I said, yeah, I did radio for five, five, six years. Yeah, so that's how I got in radio, too. You Basically, you lie yourself and give yourself more credit yeah. than you have. They're like, hey, you know how to work the real reel? Sure. Have you ever done this before? Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. You know how to edit, right? Oh, yeah, I know how to edit. So then you get, once yeah. you get in, that's when you figure out what you need to do to make it happen. So uh, yeah. So you're saying- Reel to reel, that was a, man, people don't know. That was a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> I tell everybody, they're like, uh, you know, I said, you have it easy these days. I had a reel to reel. I had a wax pencil, and I had a host, oh, yeah. the host that said, uh, I said, I can't really make this edit- She's like, I don't like the way I sounded there. I had, my breath sounds funny. I, I said, I only got 30 seconds left on the song. She said, yeah, that's right. You got 30 seconds. <laughs> so yeah. you know, really oh, quick man. to make the edits, you know? So, but yeah, it, yeah. it was, a, it was a task. I had the wax pencil. I used to do the wax pistol, pencil and doing the, with the little, uh, the razor blade trying to cut stuff out. That was a nightmare. We yeah, technology is far easier. Yes, it nowadays. is. Now, now you can just hit a reverse button instead of taking the tape and flipping it over to make that sound. <laughs> oh yeah. When I worked at the station I worked at, they didn't have. You remember carts, the little cart machines? Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Definitely, I worked yeah. with carts. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, they had those for the commercials, but the music was all on reel to reel with oh, automatic stops on geez. it. And so we had we had a bank of about eight reel to reels. And we had to load them up, and, they, and you'd play one song, and once that song ended, you'd click on to another reel-to-reel, and that one would fire up the next song. And so you had to make it so that you know you at least had one reel that had some music on it. And I was doing Late Night, Midnight to Six, and I had dozed off. And I didn't realize, oh, I've only got one song left on all my reels. <laughs> it takes about five minutes to knock it out. So, yeah, those were trying times back then. Well, yeah, you're, you're not alone. There was a... Um there was a young lady who fell asleep running a uh, public service program on the wrong speed. So, you know, it sounded uh, like it, was, it sounded like you don't, you know, Houston screw music is great, but you don't need to hear it on the, uh, the public service show. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Uh, I, thought she did, she, I thought it was sped up. So it was like, our, you know, Alvin and the chipmunks giving the weekly uh, interview. <laughs> Well, that's cool. So we both have the the, the radio background, and uh, yeah. I've done I've got on stage a couple times. I've did well, and I decided like you know to cut it short. But you you pursued it, and you're still doing the on stage work uh, along yeah. with that. So so when you're back in the day when you're when you get this anime doing this voiceover and things really start to catch on because I'm guessing uh, since a lot of these credits are real though I mean you can't have that many credits listed. Uh, what did you oh, on, on the the IMDb is correct? Yeah, that's a uh... That's for real. That's a real thing. Yeah. But I got to ask a <laughs> clarification on the IMDb because it says in 1972, you did a, vo- a voice for a TV series called Gotcha Man. Uh, gotcha Man itself came out in 72, but we did the English translation for it about 10 years ago. Okay. Okay. And so so it, it, yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, it was made in 72, but we translated about 10 years ago. So you started to do the actual voice work. In in the early '90s, when you were doing the comedy, yeah. so you're doing the comedy and you're doing the the voices at the same time. How are you handling yeah. all that? And then, are, do you have a, another full time job? <laughs> well, back then I was doing that the voice work during the day at a, a studio here in Houston, and then uh, I would comedy on the road 
on the weekends. And that went on for many years. And so and I started working for Funimation up in Dallas. So I would be having to trek up to Dallas and, uh, and then working with another company out of Austin doing some different voiceover stuff, voiceovers for different businesses. And they have like a training video for the kid that comes in there and he has to they do a safety video voiceover. So I was working in the little triangle area of Texas doing voiceover stuff and comedy simultaneously back in the 90s. So what was your kind of most famous voice that kind of took off back then? They're like, say, I need this guy to be in, in my anime or we need this guy. <laughs> what, was the, what was the voice that kind of, you know, this guy can do well, I'm it? Well, probably, like, it wasn't one. That was the thing. I could be very versatile. Back in the old days of the 90s, they would mail you or email you a portion of the script. And actually, the very first one I did, we were all at a place it's called Texas Video and Post, which was the audio-visual place in town. It was out by the Astrodome. And that was the number one place for commercials and commercial video and sound engineering and everything. And the team that had never done any real recording, I'd been in radio and got a degree in it, so I knew better. But the first time they had it, they had the entire cast inside a room. Oh, wow. And they were pretty much going to do it like an old radio play. <laughs> all, the, all the videos playing. And so, and every time somebody would mess up, they would stop and restart and go back to the beginning. And I'm just like, this is not how anime's done. This can't be. Because this is going to take us six years to do this one one-hour movie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And so eventually they changed it up. You go in and they show you a picture of the character and you work with the director to figure out the voice. And, Wow. For the most part, for about probably half those films of like IMDb, it's me playing a general or something, and we have to launch the missiles. The missiles must be launched now, right now. <laughs> I did that about that was my bread and butter. They needed if there was a big burly guy, uh, you called me. That's what I did for most of those. Is there any time they sent you like the picture of somebody in the script and you did it and they're like, uh, sorry, this just is not it? Or did you kind of nail yeah. it every time? Uh, there was one time I did something. It was for a show that ended up putting on Cartoon Network, and it ran on Cartoon Network. It was like the same six episodes ran for a year, but it was <laughs> something called Super Milk Chan, and uh-huh. it was this bizarre acid trip where it was a little girl and she had a robot, and they had adventures. But it was a very surreal world, and I was the the landlord of the the little like mushroom she lived in. <laughs> so, but I was a big, I was about a seven foot tall blue alien who looked like a, a raindrop sort of kind of. And the director, when the film was a guy named Stephen Foster and he's a flamboyant gay man and he loves to talk like he's just excited about everything. Everything's wonderful. And he's very upbeat and he's very positive all the time. And he's a great guy and a good friend. And so, I come in and he's directed and he says, I want this guy to be a big gay guy. <laughs> so I just did a complete impression of him. So you want him to sound like this? Yes, just like that. So you want him to sound like this? Yes, just like that. And I said, you know, I'm doing an impression of you, right? And he goes, no, I don't sound like that. <laughs> and I said, you know, you could do this yourself and save, save 300 bucks. <laughs> So you keep on, I mean, you're still working to this day, just uh, doing stuff, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm going back in the studio on Monday. I've got uh, four or five hours of recording to do on Monday. Jeez. But yeah, so. I'm still at it. And you're still doing the, the, the comedy on the weekends, or did you kind of slow that down once you, the anime really picked up? Um, I started, <clears throat> excuse me, 
I'm not going to have a voice for Monday. Uh, <laughs> but I've done uh, a number of things over the years. I mean, I'm a, I do my own podcast as well called the Whiskey Brothers, which is myself, Slade Ham, and now Trey Tutson. It's uh, three comics who drink a bottle of whiskey and talk about the day's events. And we've been doing that. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, uh, that's funny, though, because, I mean, I did that one time. We went to Jamaica. We did a whole broadcast from there. And, and I thought, hey, I'll, I'll take a shot of rum every 10 minutes on the show since Appleton <laughs> Rum is here. And uh, more power to you guys, because that's it's tough to do. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, we have, a, we have one guy who's really good with the tech. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That. We start. We started that about ten years ago. We just did our eight hundred and seventy something episode wow. uh, last week. That's a, that's, a, uh, that's we, incredible. Uh, we were doing podcasting, but podcasting wasn't cool, you know. <laughs> so. so, what about the uh, the live show? I know you got something coming up at the Improv. Um, I actually retired last year from doing it. I put my act to bed. I made COVID hit, and all the projects I had in the works, they all went out the window. They were all dead. And so I'm back uh, in Houston uh, on the 18th of October, which is one day before my birthday. Oh, wow. So we're doing kind of like a little birthday, uh, you know, party show at the Improv. Well, very good. And, and, you know, Raymond and all those guys over at the Improv, they do such a good job. And, yeah, great people. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, they're, and they're really safe. They're doing a great job of keeping everybody socially distant. So tell me about the character of the Reverend. Is that something that you, that that is your pretty, <laughs> is that pretty much your your comedy bit, or do you do some other just relatively other stand up too? Uh, or the Reverend is pretty much takes over the stage when you get on the stage. Yeah, that's kind of a, that's kind of a persona that was around. I got the the, the nickname Reverend in about 1998 when a friend of mine was going to get married. And they didn't want to go to the Justice of the Peace. So I found an online thing where you can become a reverend online. And I did that. <laughs> yeah. And I found it was actually more difficult to get a blockbuster video card at the time than to become a reverend. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. And so I've done over 50 weddings since then. And so that's where the kind of the nickname. And I have a very uh, fire and brimstone sort of act. That's, uh, <laughs> Old school <laughs> reverend, huh? Yeah, it's sort of like a whiskey meets fire brimstone preacher. And actually, in the 50 weddings I've done, I've, I've, as far as I know, I've only had four divorces. So I'm better than the national average. <laughs> well, yeah. I, Certainly I, better than the Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're pretty good there. I, I, I DJ a lot of weddings. You know, as a radio guy, you get that kind of stuff. And I, I've yeah. I've got a couple second weddings coming up because I did such a good job at their first wedding. <laughs> like, hey, you know, his, well, you his ex wife. I've never done that. I've never done a return. I've never had return business. No, I just had yeah. this year. My, my His ex wife says you did such a good job. Now, he you know, he wants it for the second wedding. Wedding. I'm like, I, I don't know. I would probably change DJs if I were you, but I'll sure I'll do it for the money. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, I never even thought about that. There's, yeah, there's a secondary market. Yeah, there's a secondary Tertiary market. That's right. So, uh, will people see that kind of the Reverend persona with if they come out to the improv? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's what I do. It's all uh, it's uh, angry uh, angry white guy, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's pretty much the character you're going to get <laughs> angry white guy so is, is there anything yeah. that kind of happened over all your careers in comedy and anime that you know I, I talked to Jason a little bit about this about like you know the brush with someone you knew that was kind of going to be a superstar or you were on the road with somebody he was telling me stories about Ralphie May and some of the people you guys were kind of hanging around with is there anybody that comes to mind or any story that comes to mind for you that really kind of stands out uh, 
Yeah, your your phone's breaking yeah. up a little bit though, Rob. I oh, can, I'm I, sorry. I, I can hear you. Yeah, 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 I can hear you. So you, I heard I heard the faintness of Dun, Doug Stanhope. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Doug and I went on tour uh, in the late '90s, early aughts, sometime around there. And uh, when we went on tour, he was gonna. I was in Houston. He's gonna pick me up. We're gonna drive to the seven or eight shows in the tour. And by the time we get to Amarillo, I'm just gonna get a flight fly back. So he picks me up in Houston and in August at par with no air conditioning. Oh wow. And I yeah, and I said, Well that immediately said, Well, I've got to fly to all the shows. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm gonna drive with you. And uh he says, uh, he goes, oh, I'll just do it, just live with it. We'll just drive during the day. Plan was and I guess it's a good one, is we would do the show, get stockered, go to sleep in the hotel, and the next day drive in the heat of the Texas summer in a boiling car and he would drive in his underwear and just sweat on all the food. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Here the two of us are driving in short pants in 90 degree weather. So it's not the night thing. So that was an interesting and fun tour that I would do not want to <laughs> relive ever again. <laughs> that, that, that sounds like the Hunter S Thompson thing, uh, driving down the road that, that uh, you guys are, uh, yeah. <laughs> But without uh, without nearly the exciting dialogue, it was very quiet every day. <laughs> it was silent sweating for the most part. Gosh, that's 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 hilarious. <laughs> this is my favorite anime story. I like to tell. One day, this company I'm working for, they decide they're going to go another way. They're going to have a fully realized, from beginning to end, American voice Japanese anime. It's going to be produced in Japan, but voiced initially. For the American audience. So I brought in to audition for some parts and they, they have, uh, in the studio, they, they said, well, we can't really tell you what this is about. We can't tell you the plot. We can only tell you, uh, what we're looking for. And so they put us in the booth, put me in the booth. And in there is the American engineer, the American director. And behind him is the Japanese director from Japan and also from Japan, a translator, and uh, a Japanese man speaks. Um, he's looking for a Space John Wayne. <laughs> I said, Space John Wayne, okay. Well, I can do a bad John Wayne impression. <laughs> so I start going, well, all right, Pilgrim, we've got to launch these missiles or whatever. I'm doing a bad John Wayne. And he just waves and says, no, no, no. And, and the Japanese director speaks to him again. And the translator says, yeah, he means... Uh, yeah, all I've seen is Space John Wayne. That's all he's saying. And I go, that's it's not really a note, but I'll try it anyway. <laughs> and so I start tearing off, tearing down the road again. And this goes on two or three more times with no success, and I don't figure it out. And they're going back and forth trying to explain to me what they're doing. And finally, the engineer realizes it, and he leans over and he says, he means Han Solo. <laughs> 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 and I went, okay, Space John Wayne. That makes sense now. When you say, when you say Han Solo, okay, yeah. And they say I didn't get the part, but that was the most, it was an interesting 10 minutes trying to decipher what a director meant by Space John Wayne. That's, that, that's awesome. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so you're just going to keep on going with the anime as long as the roles are there, huh? Yeah, as long as they want to keep paying me and people start keep buying it, I'll keep doing it. Living the dream, huh? Yeah, happy to oblige. <laughs> Maybe the world will get back to normal. And these all these projects I had and are not on the back burner. We can uh, start using them for something. Yeah. So, um, 
Uh, did you have any kind of uh, besides the uh, the voice acting? Did you have any kind of actual you know? Because Jason was telling me our mutual friend Jason Lee that he actually was mm-hmm. an extra in some films, but you never pursued that. It was always kind of just voice acting. Yeah, I've always had a I've got a face for radio. So I'm not really the leading <laughs> man type. You're, you're going to stick with the the bread and butter, the voice acting. Yeah, uh, yeah. If I can just remain an elusive and uh, mysterious figure, I'll keep with that. But for the longest time, we have. We were an audio-only podcast, and just in the last year, we've gone to video, and now we're on Twitch, and I just hate it. We have cameras in there, and it used to be I could show up in my shorts, and now I've got to actually look like somebody every time I show up to the studio to do the show. Yeah, I know. It's it's like people ask me, too, is that the podcast going to be uh, video or audio? I said, it's audio. It's old-school podcast. It's uh, theater of the mind, you know, right. <laughs> because, you know, we don't really have the... Uh, the, the money to get a video or because you really have to do it like a TV show. And I'm guessing you guys are with the you know yeah. multiple camera angles or at least some GoPros where you have some things because that static camera over the overhead just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Well, we had the static camera for a while as we're test driving it. And in the next month, we're going to have a four camera shoot in there with lights and everything and it's going to be ridiculous now you got to go dress um, up to drink whiskey that's terrible yeah i know <laughs> I hope the only reason i did this was i didn't have to get dressed up and then you, free, free booze too right are you guys sponsored yeah. by any whiskey company i uh, or, or, um we we do have some a few uh every now and then uh most notably uh old humble distillery which is in houston yeah uh, they actually they produced a whiskey brothers whiskey limited run about two years ago and because uh, we also had a, a special we shot that's on Amazon Prime uh, that we did, it was a stand-up comedy special. Oh wow! I gotta check that out. So you're you're kind of like dropping these uh, big things you yeah. guys have done here at well, the end here. So <laughs> you know, sorry. Well, it's like it was five years, six years ago. So okay, it's, it's still it's still on Amazon Prime and the Whiskey Brothers, but. Uh, it's all dated material, and I'm uh, and the, it could disappear tomorrow. I don't care. So you're perfectionist. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah. You're like, ah, you know, that was then. Now, now we're doing some yeah. better stuff, huh? So uh, yeah. tell yeah. everybody, and, yeah. and let me ask you about too from from coming from podcasts because a lot of people are interested in, like you said, this has been the gold rush of uh, podcast times. With you guys being that many episodes in, did people kind of come to you to kind of uh, monetize your podcast, or did you kind of like have? like power you guys thought were, Hey, we know we got this, we yeah. got our audience. Let's go see if we can get some sponsors. Well, I'll tell you, honestly, honestly, our whole goal of the podcast has never been to make money, which is pretty easy to do, <laughs> which is or pretty easy. Not to oh make yeah. Money. Believe me. I'm, <laughs> I'm in there right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole goal of our thing was that we didn't ever really want sponsors. We wanted to be, we didn't want to be uh, fearful of offending someone and suddenly we lose sponsors and now no longer we have money. So our whole thing was if we just say what we want and be free and easy and don't worry about everything, the audience will respect that probably a little bit more than us trying to, because we did try one sponsorship the first year and it, it sounded like we were shoehorning it in yeah. and it wasn't really, yeah, it didn't seem natural. So we said, look, let's just not even, let's just do what we want, let the chips fall where they may. And we'll use this to promote ourselves. And that's been the most successful thing. 
when you just do it from that way. Yeah, you're you're and, right. You're right. If you get somebody to uh, you know into your show, that can uh, definitely can uh, affect the content and how you're presenting it. If you just yeah. have that no holds bar, you know, who knows? Your catalog might get end up getting bought out by you know. Now it's getting competitive. Amazon's going to have exclusive podcasts yeah. and Spotify. Who knows? They're going to see that you guys got that many shows, and hey, we're going to give you this much money to be exclusive, and then that's where you kind of really win because you haven't sold mm-hmm. out to any singular sponsor or anything. Yeah, it's all about the content. And that's what I'm saying. And people, and we've never bought a bottle of whiskey for the show. It's all been donated from our listeners. We've had hundreds of bottles sent to us uh, from all around the world, and we sample different stuff from all around the world, which is nice. And so, if for nothing else, we get to drink for free for a couple hours and make a show. That sounds great. So, I'm, I'm guessing you can catch the uh, the whiskey. Uh, it's Whiskey Brothers, right? I want to make sure I get it right. It's it's a- yeah. It's uh, you can find it at the the podcast is available at praisewhiskey.com. Praise like praise hallelujah whiskey.com. And we had to do that because uh, when we first started, there was a a country western band called the Whiskey Brothers <laughs> in North Carolina <laughs> that had that that domain. So we lost that, but. Yeah, but now we're at praisewhiskey.com, so there you go. That's great. So, and then you guys are going to just keep trucking with that. You got the uh, the voiceover stuff, the anime. Now, now, let me ask you uh, a question, too, about when you do the anime. When you go to these, are you a big star at Comic-Con or some of these places where you go and sit um, and people will wait I, for your autograph for for you? For yeah, I, I'll tell you what I put on my uh, my taxes. I am a, semi, I'm a local semi-celebrity in a subgenre of science fiction. <laughs> so I'm amazed every time I go and there's people there who know me and know the work. Um, and there's no shortage of them. I'll give, I'll give uh, lectures and speeches at these different conventions. And there's hundred people at one and maybe 50 at another 20, who knows, but there's always people there and they know me and they know the work and they have questions about the work, and I'm e- I'm happy to answer as best I can without knowing anything about it because I never watch this stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, did you so, ever, did you but, ever get like uh, referred to uh, like uh, a DreamWorks production or a Disney production to do multiple voices or did anything? No, like that? I have, I have auditioned for some of that stuff, but I've never gotten it. And you know, most of that stuff, they all the big the big production houses, uh, your your Alec Baldwin's and voices like that are the ones that are going to get those gigs. Yeah, but I'm happy to. I'm happy to live. Uh, you know, doing what I do. I'm working steadily, and I've got you know 250, 300 titles under my my, uh, yeah, my belt. So it is quite uh, impressive. Do you have you probably have celebrity fans you don't know about. You know that really kind of like uh, I very well could. I don't know. I don't know anybody <laughs> who. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But man, hey, yeah. I, I want to thank you for taking time out because I mean, obviously, and using your voice because I mean, you have a session coming up. Uh, real quick, we'll use your voice one yeah. more time. Tell us um, about the show coming up at the Improv here in Houston. Be at the Improv in Houston on October 18th. Tickets available at HoustonImprov.com. It's me and Jesse Payton. So look that show up and hopefully you can come out and check us out on a Sunday night. Well, Rob, hey, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Best of luck to you. I know you're you're a busy guy, and, and I really say this to everybody, but thank you very much uh, for taking time out because I know your voice is your life, and for, for you to talk 30, <laughs> <laughs> you talk 30 minutes with me, it's a, it's a big deal. So thanks a lot, man. Hey, thank you very much. It's great talking to you. Nice to meet you, and uh, good luck with all the efforts. Thank you. This has been the Jimbo Podcast. Tune in again next week for another new show. Okay? Bye.